Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Tuesday, June the 13th, 2023, at 12.15 p.m. Central Time. Today's focus, prayer. More than words or only words? When you think of prayer, is prayer simply you speaking words, saying these words to God, or is prayer more than words? What would you think? How would you, if you were to define prayer, would you define prayer as only the kind of words you speak? Because typically we break prayer down into different kind of categories, right? Praise, thanksgiving, confession, petition, intercession. The emphasis is on the words, right? Sometimes the emphasis when you look at different books on prayer, how long you pray, right? Okay, how long you pray, how fervent you are in your prayer, how consistent you are in your prayer, how honest you are in your prayer, right? Uh, the types of words you say in your prayer, you confess, you praise, you thank, you petition, you intercede. All right. So a lot of those, that tends to be the focus, but is prayer more than just simply the words in which you say? Because I have something in front of me that seems to indicate that it's a lot more than just the words you say. It's a lot more. All right, at 3.03 a.m. this morning, at 3.03 a.m. this morning, I received an email that is entitled, The Life of the, the Life of the Prayer. The Life of the Prayer. That's the way it's worded. The Life of the Prayer. Now, when I first read it, just as I almost misstated it there, I, I misread it at the first time because when I looked at it, I'm like the life of prayer. I'm like, oh, it's going to be like the life of prayer. What is the life of prayer? Well, the life of prayer is, you know, a dedicated, disciplined time of prayer where you pray for other people. You pray for this. You pray for that. It's that prayer is not just something you do every once in a while. It should be a life of prayer. Your life should be one of prayer because I've heard that kind of thing. But this is a little play on words. It's not the life of prayer. It's the life of the prayer, the life of the prayer. So at first I ignored the email and then I ended up seeing it a couple of more times as I was going through my inbox. And then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, that's not the life of prayer. That's the life of the prayer. What is that referring to? What is that talking about? Like, is this a typo? Like, what, what are they talking about? Well, then that, so the, so you have the life of the prayer and then they give two scriptures. The first one, is James chapter 5, James chapter 5, James chapter 5, verse 16, James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, that you may be healed, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So I stopped and looked at that scripture and was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I know what they're saying. The life of the prayer. 
Prayer is not just the words you say. It's the life of the prayer. It's the life of the person praying that matters. It's not just the words you say. Prayer is more than words. Prayer are the actions. In other words, are you a righteous man? So your prayer, it's not just the words you say, it's the life that you're living. So when it comes to prayer, is it just the words you say or it's the life you're living? And how does the life you're living impact your prayer? Now, this starts creating kind of a a situation. You're like, well, wait a minute then. How do I judge? Because if I say the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, how are we ever truly righteous? Like, how much unrighteousness can be in one's life before you're no longer declared righteous? Like, now this becomes a very, just a practical problem. This is just a very practical thing for you to consider for today's focus, right? Is prayer more than words? Some people are going to say, no, 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 it's more than, prayer is more than words. It's the life that you live. So it's, your prayer is only effective if you are a righteous man. Well, then I would ask anyone, How much unrighteousness can be in your life before you're no longer righteous? Because I I don't know if you realize this. This is just a secret between you and me. You have a sinful nature and you sin every single day. So can you ever truly be declared a righteous man practically if righteousness, unrighteousness literally is a part of who you are. It's a part of your nature. So you already have an unrighteous nature, a sinful nature. And that leads to unrighteous thinking, unrighteous desires, unrighteous feelings. And then that leads to unrighteous actions because you fail to live up to God's standard every single day. So how much unrighteousness can be present before you would be like, well, it's the prayer of a righteous man that is effective and I'm never righteous. Or do you convince yourself you're righteous because you follow a certain list of rules? Well, I don't do this and I don't do this and I don't do this. Therefore, I am righteous. Great. But righteousness would require more than just following an external list of rules. It would follow you being righteous, not only external, but internally. So then is any of our prayers effective? How do we understand that? Then they added this one, the book of Micah, the book of Micah chapter six, the book of Micah chapter six, and they have verses six through eight. Here we go. Micah chapter six, verses six through eight, wherewith Shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee or shewed thee O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? Now, the fact that they're doing this, once again, they're saying, hey, 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 prayer is more. You don't just come to God with words. 
this is how this devotional or this this email seems to be going. What you need to do is you need to then not only be a righteous man, you need to be one that does justly, you love mercy, and you walk humbly with your God. In other words, the life of the prayer is a righteous man who does justly, loves mercy, and walks humbly with your God. That is the life of the prayer, seemingly to be the direction this email is going. But let me read the email itself, and let's see how we process this. All right? They then have Micah 6, 6 through 8 listed here. I'm going to read it as they have it uh, in the uh, email. What shall... uh, With what shall I come before the Lord? With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? Will the Lord be blessed with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression? He has showed you, oh man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now here is the paragraph. You ready? Here we go. Micah was convinced that true prayer is more than just words. The Bible is clear that God pays as much attention to the life of the one who is praying as he does the words of the prayer. And he also urges us to persevere in prayer. So what this seems to indicate is that if your prayer life will be effective, this is, I mean, I say there, it's not just implied. I think this is explicitly being stated that for your prayer life to be effectual, you need three things. One, number one, you need to live the right kind of life. Number two, you need to say the right kind of words. And number three, you must have the right endurance, the right perseverance. So you must have the right life, the right words, and the right dedication, the right perseverance. Now, do you, do you see it that way? You're like, okay, hey, how are, you're getting ready to pray. Okay, now wait, wait, guys, before we pray, we've got to verify something. Are you having the right kind of life? Are you a righteous man? Do you, are you doing justly? Do you love mercy and you walking humbly with your God? If you're not, we got to fix that because your prayer is not going to be, there's no point in praying. You would be pursuing that which is of no profit and which is vain. Or if I start my prayer by confessing that I'm not doing these things, then is the rest of the prayer effectual? Or do I have to confess it, then go do it right for two weeks, then come back, then pray because now my prayer will be effectual because I cleaned up my life. Because they're saying, hey, prayer is more than words. You've got to, you've got, God cares about how you're living. Well, I'm not saying God doesn't care about your living, but let me, let me just throw out a thought. In my life, in my practical standing, like every single day, I remember I have a sinful nature, so I'm already have sin in me and we sin continually in thought, word, and deed. Like Christians always create this, this image That we're so godly, but we only may be godly from an external standpoint because, again, I I can give you just, you know where I'm going to go. Love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself and be holy as God is holy. You never fulfill those commands. You're in violation of those every single day. So then can you say, 
my prayer is going to be effectual because I'm righteous. Now, so you know what that leads to? Lord, I'm coming before you and I know my prayer will be effectual because I'm not like that. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not an adulterer. I don't do this. I don't do that. But how guilty are you of some of those sins internally in your mind and your desire and your thoughts and your lust? How many things are you guilty of when you come before God at any given time? So if I, if I look at God trying to declare to him that I'm somehow, or at least thinking in my mind that my prayer is going to be effectual because I'm righteous, I'm probably only reducing righteousness to its basic external, to a very simple external list and say, well, I don't do this, but that's not the way we're to look at it. We're to look at righteousness and holiness from God's perspective, which requires a complete obedience internally and externally. But I do know this. In Christ, in Christ, I am a righteous man. I'm holy. I'm perfect. In Christ, I do, do, I do justly. I love mercy and I walk humbly with my God. But in Christ. So is the life of the prayer, when I pray, is the life of the prayer based off my practical life, or is it based off the perfect life of Christ, which that life and that obedience and that righteousness is imputed to me by faith? Do I come before God and say, Lord, here I am, believing my prayer will be effectual, not because of my righteousness, but because of the perfect righteousness of Christ? What gives me the confidence to approach the throne of grace? My life or the perfect righteousness of Christ? Is it my life that I'm like, hey, I can enter in and come to the throne of grace because, because now I live a good enough life? Or is it because Christ lived the perfect one? Now, in this email, there's, there's two more paragraphs. The next one is a personal story. One evening, I was in a prayer meeting in Council Bluffs, Iowa. I asked for prayer for my father, who never darkened the door of a church. I had prayed for him every day for seven and a half years. After the meeting, two men asked if they could visit my dad and share the gospel with him. On their first visit, my dad threw them out of the house. But a few weeks later... They tried again. My dad invited them in and went over to the sofa, knelt down, weeping his way to the foot of the cross. Six weeks later, he died. Christian, now this is the last paragraph. Christian, God is not reluctant to answer our prayers. He simply asks that we walk humbly with him, pray without ceasing, and never lose heart. And then it says, Lord, purify my heart, that, and that will purify my life. To be effective, now th- this is the last part, to be effective, our prayers must be accompanied by a God-honoring life. Now, you do understand the possible situation this way of thinking leads to. You're praying for some, someone's praying for something, begging, pleading God, and it doesn't happen. And you say, well, most likely it's because the, the life of the prayer wasn't God honoring. Therefore, God doesn't honor your prayer. 
you probably wasn't right. You probably weren't righteous enough. You probably don't do just justice enough. You probably don't love mercy, and you're probably not walking humbly with your God. It's probably your your the reason your prayer didn't didn't get answered is because you are not godly enough. If you were more godly, then your prayer would be answered. Now that's a very common teaching within the world of Christianity. But my thinking, just try to just try to walk through this to supposedly. As a Christian, supposedly, all my sins have been washed away by the blood of Christ. Now, if all my sins have been washed away, even if I've committed the sin, if the sin is forgiven because it's been covered by the blood of Christ, then why would my prayer then not be effectual? Because that sin is forgotten. It's Jesus paid for it all, right? I said, well, no, 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 no. Jesus paid for it all. But if you keep sinning, that could impact your prayer. So then my sin is, my sin is forgiven, but it still impacts the prayer, even though it's forgiven, meaning God is still holding my sin against me. Hey, 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 hey. I know, I know my son died for all of your sins, but your prayer is not going to be effectual because you've got sin in your life. Even though, even though my son paid for it all and it's washed away and it's removed as far as the east is from the west, I'm sorry, I can't answer your prayer because you are a sinner. That, that to me is problematic. Second, by faith, the perfect righteousness of Christ is imputed to me. So does, does God go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't answer your prayer. I know that the perfect righteousness of my son has been imputed to you, but I'm not going to look at the perfect righteousness. I'm going to look at your life right now. I'm sorry. And, and then, so, so right there, you've already got two problems. And the third problem is how much unrighteousness can there be before my prayer is affect, is affected by it? Is it is like, is it two sins? Is it three sins? Is it four sins? Like where, like, oh, you know, do I, do I get an app that goes, you know, that basically starts sending you alert signs, you know, beep, 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 prayer effect, effect, uh, prayer will not be effectual. Prayer is being affected. Prayer stops doing that sin. Oh, okay. All right. Then it goes, beep. Beep, 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 beep. And it gets quieter and slower going, okay, you're good. You're good. Your prayer is currently not being affected by your current way of living. Oh, beep, 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 beep. Wait, stop, stop, stop. It's being, I know you're saying you're creating a straw man. I'm not trying to create a straw man. I'm just really trying to figure out how it works. Because on one hand, all my sins were supposedly paid for. Two, I'm supposedly have the imputed righteousness of Christ accredited to my account, but supposedly that's still not good enough. No, 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 no. You've got to do the right thing for your prayer to be effectual. And if your prayer is not effectual, it's on you. That's what this leads to. You prayed for that family member to be cured of cancer. Well, the reason they died, you weren't godly enough. Oh, you've been praying for your family that's falling apart and, and your financial situations. Well, the reason God hasn't answered it is because you didn't pray enough. I guess in a roundabout way, what that's indicating, the reason he, he prayed all of those years for his father and his father didn't get saved is because I guess maybe he wasn't godly enough and then he got godly enough. I mean, I mean, he didn't say that, but that seems to be where that's indicating. I, I, I just don't, I don't. I look, I used to preach this like in a very strong way because I had a book, I think it was by R.A. Torrey that talked about basically all the things that are required for God to hear your prayer. 
right? Like if you turn your ears away from the poor, God will not hear your prayer. If you do this, God will not hear. Like there's all these scriptures that seem to indicate. Now, what? how I understand it now, all of those scriptures are law. God requires, because God always requires perfection. God always requires holiness. So yes, I can preach all of that. And guess what it should do? Everyone, if you go take every scripture, I would challenge you to do this today for today's focus. Find every scripture that gives the things that hinder God's hearing your prayer. Find everything. Every scripture that God supposedly would, that, that, that would indicate that God will not hear your prayer. Obviously, those scriptures would seem to indicate God, well, at least James one, if you're not righteous, God is not going to hear your prayer. I don't know so much about Micah, but you could, you could possibly add that in there, but find all the scriptures that seem to indicate what would hinder God from listening to your prayer and what is required for God to hear your prayer. Because there seems to be things, if you do this, God won't, but you have to be doing something. You you can't just avoid the negative. You got to be doing the positive. Like Micah comes in and seems to say, no, no, no. If you want God to hear you, You've got to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And you've got to be righteous. Those are the things you have to positively do. But there's all these other things you have to not do. You have to avoid doing. Look, if you were to look at all of that, this is my own personal feelings. You would find yourself going, well, then God's never going to hear me. God's never going to listen to me. I can't approach the throne of grace. I am, uh, I am doomed because the law always condemns. But then you should be like, thanks be to God that in Christ Jesus, not only do I do all the positive, I no longer do the negative because I am in Christ. So I am perfect, holy, and righteous. Is your hope in prayer, is it based off what you do or don't do, or is it based off what Christ completely did? How do you view it? I mean, if all your sins are forgiven, then what can be affecting your prayer? If oh, you're covered in the perfect righteousness of, and you say, well, none of that matters in prayer. God doesn't see the blood. He doesn't see the righteousness. He just sees your sin. And now he's not going to answer your prayer because you're not good, good enough. And how good does it require to be, to get, like, how, what does it mean to be a righteous man? People say, well, it doesn't mean perfect. Okay. So then how imperfect can I be before I can still be declared to be a righteous man? Because it's only the righteous man that the prayer is effectual for. I'd love to get your thoughts. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Hopefully it'll be beneficial. And, uh, well, if you want to talk about it, definitely email me. And to the person who emailed me at, what, 3.30 in the morning, Thank you so very much. I do appreciate the email. Um, a lot of times, and so just so that you know, a lot of times when people email me something like that and you and you hear me criticize it, you may think I'm criticizing the person who emailed. That person, I think, was just emailing me like, hey, I found this. What do you think? Like, if I think it's someone's like trying to give me their 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 belief, then I try to be... I try to determine how I'm going to address it on air. That is a clear situation where someone was just like... Basically, they didn't say it, but because they've emailed me enough, I already kind of figured, hey, what do you think about this? 
So I think they got it from, I think they got it from some devotional. So uh, wherever they got it, thank you for sending it to me. Uh, because I, at first I thought, oh, it's just the life of, and I'm like, oh, the life of a prayer. Okay, it's the life that matters. It's not the words or it's the life and the words. So I thought it would be worthy of our consideration because it raises lots of theological issues. I just know this, anything I do, if, if, if anything I'm going to do spiritually is going to be effectual. If it's based on what I do, it's not going to be effectual. If it's based on what Christ did, then it will be effectual because everything Christ did was perfect and it was completed and he finished it, right? That's my thoughts. That is your today's focus for Tuesday, June the 13th, 2023.